Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews. I am Living Vampire Joe Cabello, and this is Spider-Man Cameo via Dialogue, Chris Asoda. What's up, Chris? Hello, I'm I'm green screened for this one scene. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. All we know is we are reviewing Morbius, the long-awaited uh, Sony in association with Marvel Studios movie. It's been delayed so much. Jared Leto's in it. What could go wrong? Could it so have that's... been delayed infinitely <laughs> and never seen? We'll talk about that. Yeah, you know, I do think it got cooked just the right amount, at least for discourse. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, like, I, I think there was some, not a plan there, but it did work out. It, you course... know, if only it came out like two weeks ago, where there then at, suddenly there were two Batman movies in theaters at the same time. I think it would have been an even better discourse. You know, and I will say Morbius proves that Batman actually sucks because he doesn't drink blood. Yeah. Like if exactly. Batman, Bruce Wayne just happened to like drink blood, he didn't necessarily like suck it out of people like vampires even, but just yeah. like he chose oh, to drink, drink blood. Yeah. Like, like he was that it's like, you think, uh robert pattinson is edgy in this new the batman he's not edgy enough until he drinks blood okay <laughs> uh, and that's my batman take my i agree take. you know i always thought spider-man is great because he is an actual spider man batman that's where raimi he's not did a it, real right? batman yeah, yeah. ray like raimi's spider-man is the best because of, he's literally like physically you know, shooting webs. Yeah. With his spines on his fingers and it's really makes a point of it. Yeah. So I'm really comfortable sh- with the bio- biology of your superheroes. You know? <laughs> it should be awkward. Yeah. That's like, you know, you, it, there that, is growing pains to that. Aquaman has gills or should, and they should be gross looking. <laughs> yeah. That's what the boys got right. Right. Yeah. Oh, really creepy when the woman is, shoving her hand into his gills and it hurts him <laughs> to watch the yeah. boys but you know before we move into what we've been watching i think we have to talk about the slap no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh the, the show. old show that got canceled yeah yeah good i've actually only seen the intro scene the uh-huh. slap or i don't even know if that's the intro scene or if that's ju- i watched that scene okay. like maybe someone posted on twitter uh, and I think, you know, that's all you really need to see of it, I think. Yeah. It's called The Slap, not What Happens After The Slap. Yeah, like, let's lead up to The Slap. If yeah. it were a Netflix show, then The Slap would have happened at the end of a eight one-hour episodes. Yeah, true. And then you'd find out, like, in the post credit scene that that wasn't The Slap they were talking about. And you have to, and there's another season. <laughs> Uh, so just uh, acknowledging that the Oscars happened. Congrats, Oscars. What a what a fitting but weird week for us not to do a show because now there's nothing to talk about with it. But also we might have we would have recorded at the time that the Oscars were happening. Uh, oh, yeah. So. And and that, I guess that. No, you know what? I wouldn't have because I had a Oscars party to go to. Oh, wow. I you were watching it, it live. And okay, it was so what did you think truly. About the slap? <laughs> you know, I, there's a lot I could say that definitely hasn't been already said about the slap. 
Uh, no, but Here, let's one thing... do this. Let's talk about the slap, but we'll each have a person with a gun to our head. And if at any uh-huh. point we say something that's already been said several times, we'll get shot uh-huh. in the head. <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, the greatest event of live television that me or all of my friends that were there have ever seen. We all agreed unanimously. Yeah, I, I'd agree. We need these moments. Yeah. This More was America's action. Tiananmen Square. Oh, God. <laughs> In many ways. Anyways, yeah, let's just move off it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have a couple things to say about it. <laughs> let's get into what we've been watching. Uh, you know, Chris, have you seen a little dish called Moon Knight? Yes, I actually have. And I totally forgot to write that on my list. But I like knew a you billion saw things. Yeah. You know why I knew you saw it, even though I saw your list and it wasn't on there, is because uh-huh. you seem a little different. And I think you leave Moon Knight a different person <laughs> once you've seen it. Uh, yeah, this is the new Oscar Isaac starring Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, what did you think of the first episode? Maybe you're not uh, giving away too cl- many spoilers. Well, clearly what I think of it is is very forgettable because I could not remember yeah, he that I had watched it. it. Uh, I, I thought it's okay. I'm it's it's like very mysterious what's going on. So I'm curious to see where it goes. But I, I think that I don't know. I feel like uh, every time one of these shows comes out, everyone is like mixed about it at the start. And then people are like, well, this is the first show that I feel like people are really mixed on. And uh, right. it's like, it's like, uh, no, they're it's all everyone. like that, I guess. Uh, the one thing I'm curious about is every single one of these shows, they always introduce the villain in the very last or second to last episode, mm-hmm. like the real villain. But for this one, it seems like they have uh, Ethan Hawke is like the true villain. Yeah. But I'm just curious if it's just going to be another, you know, you get to the last episode and then they reveal another villain that's actually yeah. the real villain again. And you're just like, it was Morbius the whole time. Can you have, <laughs> can you just have a real villain the whole time? You know, all the Netflix shows, the villains were like one of the main characters and that made them more interesting. And with all of these yeah. Marvel ones, they're so like one note that it kind of like. It kills it. I, I know, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, you can have, like, the uh, U.S. agent, the new Captain America, and he's, but he's also, like, sort of a good guy, not really, like, a true villain. Yeah, and know? I think we've talked about it before, just that, like, it's the TV-style dynamic where those Netflix shows were, like, every episode is, like, in a, its own episode of TV. While mm-hmm. these Disney Plus ones are like, it's they're each movie. parts. Yeah, they're parts of a right. movie. And in a movie, you don't always have those, the villain battle. But it does like, hey, there's kind of a, a problem either way yeah. with it. But yeah, I think this one's shorter too. Yeah, it's I only six episodes, that. I believe. And a lot of them have been like seven or eight. Yeah, I thought I even heard four, but that might have been a different show that I was hearing about. Um, but yeah i thought it was really cool how it uh was different for a lot of for the most of it it felt like it wasn't a superhero thing necessarily like it didn't have that superhero feeling it felt just like a movie about a regular guy and then whenever 
they they figured out the formula where whenever they need to do like the superhero part of the show, like a normal Marvel movie or show, they just fast forward through time and skip it. Yes, <laughs> so they don't have to to have to do it. I and I liked the way that worked for this. It was uh-huh. like effective. What I didn't yeah. like, and it's a bit of a spoiler, when you do see Moon Knight, like the actual character of Moon Knight uh-huh. in the costume. It's huh. a fully CGI body, like right, com- completely. It doesn't look particularly great, and yeah. it's like you couldn't just get a cloak and a cape, Oscar <laughs> Isaac, and have him turn around. Yeah, like you do in this scene. Yeah, that that was a choice that was very interesting. Of like, it it just makes me curious. Like, is this is it always going to be CG? The whole time. Well, yeah, it makes me worried about the action. I'm right? like, no, then don't show me the action. Black out all the action <laughs> yeah. instead of that. Yeah. Yeah, because if that's the case, it's like, oh, man, that's a bummer. Because cause that shot is so clearly, like, the easiest shot they could have done without using CG. Yeah. So like, it's like I get his cape's kind of flowy, I guess. Yeah. Like, but it's no, like, you can that... just do the CG cape with the real costume. But they're, if they're yeah. going to go all out CG, then... I don't even know. Yeah, it does have me worried, but I think even just as a singular piece of uh, a television episode, it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could yeah. see that being like a, a Twilight Zone episode, just that one episode where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy, he keeps blacking out. Oh, in fact, he's not just a badass. He's a superhero. It's not just multiple personalities. Of course, they'll probably continue it and ruin it, or and and uh, not to spoil too much, but much like Tyrese was in the new Morbius movie. <laughs> oh gosh! So there's so much we have to talk about with Ty- uh, the Morbius lore. Period. That I'm a little worried about that. Uh, yeah. So let's move on from Moon Knight. I thought it's pretty cool, but yeah, we'll see how it develops because it could definitely mm-hmm. uh, get into a weird spot. Uh, I want to shout out a movie I watched called Night's End. This popped up on Shudder, and uh, it's an anxious shut-in moves into a haunted apartment, hiring a stranger to perform an exorcism, which quickly takes a horrific turn. And this is like a true pandemic movie, in that I believe it was filmed at like the height of the pandemic, where every role is... It's just about a guy in an apartment and he talks to people through Zoom. Like all the other characters, his interactions are oh. like uh, Zoom or, you know, Skype, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, he's this like kind of loser guy who's just starting a bunch of different YouTube channels or like trying to like, hey, I'm going to do lawn tips. Now I'll do business management tips. But in okay. one of those videos, something weird happens uh, behind him in the video. And then he's like, makes a haunted video like a ghost type of youtube video and then everybody really like pushes them they're like hey that's like this is a really cool genre you should continue doing these videos so he keeps digging further into haunted stuff and figuring stuff out until finally he gets pretty big and gets connected with like actual big name exorcists and stuff uh and it's I wouldn't say it's a great movie. I do appreciate uh, it's like single location nature and like as a pandemic, not a movie about the pandemic, but a pandemic made movie. Uh-huh. I think it's really cool. 
and I'd probably not recommend it at all if it wasn't for the ending, which I think the ending is really sick. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of worth it, but it is a bit of a slog. I don't think the main character is necessarily that likable, uh, or I should even say the actor. Like, it just wasn't necessarily captivating, and that's a big deal for a movie where it's mainly just him. <laughs> like, yeah. it's more important than any other uh, <laughs> configuration of movie. Uh, but for the end, if the if it seems interesting to you. Then I would say the end is is pretty sick. Go check it out. That's called Night's End. Chris, cool. What you been watching? Um, we could talk okay. about a movie that I watched about quarantine, and that was Judd Apatow's new Netflix movie, The Bubble. Oh, the Bobo that came out this weekend. Yeah, which tell came people out a little Friday. bit about this. Uh, pandemic made about the pandemic movie. Yeah, so Judd Apatow made a new movie, which I feel like no one is really talking about. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's basically about, you know, there's a pandemic and a bunch of actors need to film this new movie that's essentially like a Fast and the Furious-esque dinosaur movie. So it's like if Jurassic World and and Fast and Furious had a baby. It's right. just this, like the sixth installment of this like generic action. Adventure and they released movie. a trailer of that movie. Yeah. That yeah, was kind of how they hyped this movie. Yeah. They released a fake trailer. It's called cliff beasts. That's what the, uh, the series is called. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's about a bunch of actors going to film it in a hotel at like a hotel location and they all have to be quarantined in their own sort of bubble so no one gets the virus and spreads it. Uh, but the cast is really crazy. That's like part of the appeal of it. Like uh, Karen Gillan is the main character. But then like the other actors that work with her is like uh, Keegan-Michael Key. And um, there's a oh Pedro Pascal. Uh, Fred Armisen is like the director. Oh, fun. Yeah, there, there's just, like, a ton of people in there. Um, oh, actually, Judd Apatow's other daughter, younger daughter, Iris Apatow, she's one of the main characters, too. She's, like, a, the, like, a young TikTok star who, like, they just want to get attached to the movie because it'll draw in a bunch of younger fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, of course, Leslie Mann, uh, his wife. And then even um, the girl who plays the daughter in the new Borat movie. Maria oh, yeah. Bakalova, she's in it too. Oh, that's cool to get to see her do something that's, you know, more traditional acting. Yeah, yeah. Well, she is like a, one of the hostesses and has an accent the whole time too. So <laughs> Just she could be playing like this, a similar <laughs> character in that sense. But, oh yeah, also oh, also uh, David Duchovny's in this and I haven't seen him do anything in a long time, so... He's like one of the main characters, one of the main actors in the in the movie. Oh, nice! Uh, he, yeah. So, I think I guess this movie is strange because it seems more like the appeal of it is like, look how many stars are in this movie, and watch it because they there's a bunch of like uh, the ones I named are pretty much in it like for its entirety, but then there's a bunch of like small parts that are played by other people like John Lithgow 
or Maria Bamford or Daisy Ridley, John Cena, James McAvoy plays himself in it. There's like nice. just a ton of like <laughs> random bits in there with these it's other like actors. It's like a this is the end type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the thing is like the I feel like the first half isn't that funny because it's just them doing pandemic bits that are just yeah this is the pandemic like we've seen it right we have to do this every day and then and then they're doing it and you're like yeah this does suck uh but then i think the second half of the movie is a lot better and and is like genuinely really funny ah okay good to know because it's i i'm surprised like it hasn't been talked about really a lot and i think maybe judd apatow shot himself in the foot because he had a a cringeworthy take on twitter about the slap oh, not yeah. to bring it back to the slap um but that just a lot of people dunked on so it's like dude the week before your movie comes out you're gonna like the old man <laughs> about all this situation piss people off uh but yeah this is right up my alley i'm definitely gonna check it out yeah Oh uh, yeah, definitely. You should you should give it a watch and and just know that the second it's two hours, but the second hour it gets uh, a lot more funny. Yeah, that is good to know because I think especially with like a Netflix a comedy that just you're watching through Netflix, it's like twenty minutes in if you're not into it, it's really easy to turn that off. Yeah. All right. Cool. Speaking of comedies. Um, I watched Coming to America and Coming to America, the sequel, recently uh, for Shut Up, I Love It, the other podcast I co-host. Uh, so it was my first time in like 25 years watching Coming to America, and then my first time ever watching the sequel. Uh, and, you know, that first one, Coming to America, it's such just... A classic. It's just good in every way. Like, great structure, jokes, the cast is on fire, everything about it. Um, so I really, really was glad I, I got to got to check that one out. Yeah. But this the sequel is funny and fun, but yeah, ultimately, even though it calls itself out at one point, like calls out sequels. It uh-huh. feels like, oh, this isn't necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I find really interesting about the first one and why I do think this this second one should exist is like at the time, this really progressive black centric movie where it's like an all black cast except for uh, Louis. Uh, rest in peace, Louis Armstrong. No, <laughs> Louis, Louis Anderson. Anderson. Oh, he, okay. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and it's about, you know, there being kings and queens and princes, like powerful, skilled, mm-hmm. not the not sad stories or criminal stories or like rising up out of a bad neighborhood <sighs> story, uh-huh. you know. And there's so much to learn from that of like having a majority black cast and the movie being successful and being about these things that Hollywood never really took. (laughs) Like they're like, no, we're still going to pigeonhole black actors in very specific roles. 
and have one of them for movie max. And it's just a shame that you see something like coming into America, which is a classic. Mm -hmm. Like everybody agrees that whether you like it or not is good, is, is successful, is beloved. And then none of that was able to carry forward. So it's good to see at least coming to America existing and again, you know, carrying the torch in a way. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting thing about that uh, that first movie that is also kind of like sad. Why are we? Why are they still fighting for representation? Like even when there's like shining examples of it being a great idea. Yeah. So if it's been a while, go check out Coming to America, and uh, then check out the sequel. You won't enjoy the sequel if you haven't seen the first. I don't think it's just kind of like. All right. Um, what else have you been watching, Chris? Uh, I finished watching the second half of Our Flag Means Death. Oh, very they, good. They had the season finale uh, two weeks ago. So, yeah, I did finish watching that, and I definitely loved the show. Um, it's just, like I said before, you know, if you like Taika Waititi humor and comedy the show is right up your alley and is like perfect perfect perfectly ends in a way that i'm very excited to see season two as well nice yeah i've been picking away at it little by little um but mostly if i'm watching tv a comedy tv it's just getting through letter kenny again for a second time that way andy could watch all of it oh nice um, cause a lot of the episodes too, I was gaming throughout or something. So I don't remember some oh, yeah. of it. So now it's like, well, we'll just watch that. Um, but once we're done with that, I'll probably, I had her watch the pilot. So we'll probably finish this series together cause she liked cool. it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Highly yeah. recommend. Huh? Yeah. It's like, I'm glad that like Andy liked it too. Cause it seems like Taika's humor is more of like a broader audience because of how like cute every, everything is or like heartfelt a lot of it is heartfelt and like thoughtful it's not just like mean spirited jokes yeah cool. cool uh shouting out the next thing i watched i'll save the best for last um but on my uh quest to watch all the john carpenter movies i've come to a new one, Christine. Christine's from uh, 1983. It's about a nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own. And uh, basically, it's a killer car movie. And this one rocks. Christine is really sick. It's magical. Like, the car heals itself. And, like, you watch it heal itself. It's not just like, oh, and then the next day it was good. Like, these guys bash the car then the next day the nerd owner comes to it and he's like oh no my car you know crying and by that point he's talking to the car regularly and he's like wait what show me and then he goes stands in front of the car and it turns its headlights on bathing him in light and then starts to like unbend the metal around it and you're like it's like a cool effect that they did, like a reverse film oh, yeah. or something. And you're uh, seeing the like bumper start to unbend and go smooth and the, the paint start to come back together. Cool. It's really cool effects. 
And yeah, it's just like this scary ass haunted car because the way it kills it kills people, it's not just like running them over or stuff. Like it can sort of control situations. Like it makes a girl choke in, while she's inside of it. Like not oh. not by physically doing anything. Just like you can tell that it made her choke. It's like, like the when music you're inside the car. The car has like Final Destination yeah. powers yeah so it's a really cool one i enjoyed it a lot christine uh double yeah, feature that really good things about that movie yeah you should check it out it's it works uh and then check out death proof right after for more killer car movies <laughs> yeah so christine what else you've been watching chris uh, i finished the second half of righteous gemstones season two as well Nice. And how's this season yeah. wrap up? Uh, it's It wraps up really well. It's really interesting how they kind of end season one in a way that doesn't need to have a season two, but then they find things in the story that they can build into a season two that works as well as, as it does. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, like it wasn't yeah. a cliffhanger ending. Yeah, anything. it was kind of like a like what's left to do. But uh, the the only problem is like they're like I think I said before, but like some of the characters are not as important anymore in season two, and that's like kind of a bummer. They don't get to do more. But uh, by by the end of it, they they the other characters get to be in it more, and that helps a lot. But uh, it's still really funny, and uh, I don't know. I just think. Um, there, there is one episode that is more uh, centered on, gosh, Walton Goggins' character. Mm-hmm. And I think everything he does, he's always, like, the best part of. Yeah, really interesting actor. Yeah. And so, yeah, in this, this uh, season, they get give him a lot more to do, which is great. Um, but, yeah, he has, like, the best arc, I think, overall in the season, too. But, yeah, it's uh, really, really funny, solid another solid hbo comedy nice hbo definitely still a player you know a lot of people talk about hbo go or hbo max being the best streaming platform right now Uh uh-huh that tide has shifted and it when it started it sucked Uh uh-huh so really they've done some good moves yeah definitely now, the next movie I'm going to talk about, I got to do a public apology in some ways. Uh-oh. So leading up to this movie coming out, I asked, why should this movie exist? Or it's uh, kind of upset that it even existed. Uh-huh. And that's because I'm not a big fan of West Side Story, the musical, musicals in general, the cast. Okay. That was in it, how the trailers looked, Uh anything about (laughs) it. But I was like, I got to watch this movie. A lot of people who I respect have, you know, saying their praises for it. So I had to check it out. So I finally watched it. And as it turns out, I don't like West Side Story. I don't like the music. I don't like a lot of the actors in this movie. And despite all that, I really loved this movie. So there's a testament to Spielberg that the, that he directed the hell out of this movie. 
it is really yeah. true. And he it directed looks the hell out of it as in, as in like, if he didn't direct the hell out of it, it would have been awful because all the performances are bad. But I wouldn't even say the, the performance. Yeah, I wouldn't say the performances are bad. Yeah. Just like I Ansel Elgert, I don't care about. I don't really know these other actors, and I don't like the characters they're playing. I don't. I just don't like West Side Story all that yeah. much as a story. Uh, you know, it's just Romeo and Juliet. It's West but Side Story, not West Main Story. <laughs> you, know? you don't do the side quests. Yeah. Never do the side quests. Um, but yeah, it's just like a really beautiful and compelling movie. Like a lot of the shots, I was upset at the Oscars, not just because oh, yeah. of the slap. Because here's the thing about like assaulting. So, no, I'm kidding. Going into <laughs> it. Um, the fact that this didn't win Best Cinematography to me was the award that I'm most like emotional about being like, no, it was obviously West Side Story. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I really enjoyed the movie so much. Just, for all, all of it but yeah it's like even as i was watching it i was like oh, i hate west side story so much <laughs> <laughs> but i couldn't stop watching it uh-huh i was uh-huh. like once this stops being interesting yeah i'm gonna stop watching this but there was always something interesting about it even if you know i was like oh i hate this uh gang warfare that's happening between these obvious romeo and juliet gangs yeah so yeah, I would uh, I would recommend it, but uh, it's it's definitely I would recommend like what really like zoning in and watching it because yeah, if you're just sort of paying attention, you'll miss some of the best parts of it, which I think is the cinematography. Okay. So yeah, so that's what you thought would win uh, best picture or should have won best picture this year. Um. Actually, I think Power of the Dog was was my pick for out of that oh, really? list. Okay. Um, but West Side Which, Story, definitely, I could see being up there, too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I guess we could talk about Power of the Dog now, because we both watched that one, right? Yeah, I watched that as well. Okay. It, especially, you know, I don't hate to admit I watched these on a plane, but... Uh, oh, really? <laughs> I, I, was, I did two long plane fights from Mexico oh, true. and back, yeah. so... I had a lot of time to just like and, and a lot of trees. drugs inside of your ass, right? <laughs> that and other things. Drugs <laughs> is the name of my dog. No. <laughs> the power of the dog. Uh, yes, the power of the dog. What did you think? This is the Jane Campion cowboy film. How'd you like um, it? No guns, uh, zero stars. Oh. Western with no guns, zero stars. I'm just kidding. Uh, I thought <laughs> oh. it's a really great movie that is about how um t- about toxic masculinity and how being smarter than your bully will always prevail yeah pretty yeah. great pretty great it's how to learn. the gays <laughs> can be toxic masculinity too true yeah and that's that's important yeah i really loved this movie i thought it was just so well done it's like a poem just how it even lays out and tells its story it yeah. really respects its audience, uh, and the performances are great. I'm actually realized now, and it's something I've always known, but I'm a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Oh, like really? I just real when he's in something, I just like it. 
Doctor yeah. Strange is one of my favorite characters in the MCU right now. Uh-huh. And ever since, uh, what was it? The uh, the detective Sherlock Holmes. Oh, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I just loved that series. So I'm like, okay. after watching this, I'm like, oh, no. part A lot of this is just that put Benedict in anything. Uh-huh. And I'm, yeah. You know, I felt the same way, but about uh, Kirsten Dunst in this movie. I just feel like she hasn't done a lot in a while. Hasn't danced a lot in a while. Yeah, she hasn't danced a lot in a while. And uh, this movie is like, dude, she ain't fucking around, okay? She's a great actress. It's a really good performance. Do not forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, a really haunting performance, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it is really interesting that uh, like her and her husband, um, Jesse... Uh, Clemens. Clemens, yeah. They're, they like they were plans. like such a great part of what made season two of Fargo so great, and that okay, is like where they that. first met and but got married. Eventually, got married. It was from doing that role together where they were a couple in in Fargo. So that part of that, yeah. If if you like her, she is excellent in season two of Fargo. Mm, cool. You should. It's definitely worth checking out. And obviously, each season of Fargo is a different story. So it doesn't matter if you don't see just, season one. Yeah, just watch that one. season. Like, just watch season two because it's, it's the best one. But but yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought the so movie good. is really interesting. And it, I didn't know really what it was about before I watched it. So Me either. I just pr- knew gay cowboy. <laughs> and it, yeah. it actually isn't that. I, I wouldn't even really describe it as that. But I can see why. Yeah, it's been kind yeah. of like joked about or memed about and being that way. And Sam Elliott, the actor, didn't help when he was on the WTF podcast, angry about the movie. Oh, he's yeah. like, it's just a bunch of fucking guys walking around shirtless with chaps. <laughs> and it's like, dude, <laughs> I mean, I guess it is kind of that, but not. But really. I think he was just giving his reverse performance of Benedict Cumberbatch in the movie. Yeah, he was as a real life person, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to be the same guy. Uh, per, the true it's performance. really funny actually yeah yeah that that uh, his best performance is on that podcast <laughs> i um, what i really liked about it was it, it takes place in this like cusp of a shift in the world like an advancement in the world uh, from cowboy days to you know you could see just cars being there and the way certain yeah. shops are and and the food and things of this nature there and things of this nature. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it felt like, yeah, the uh, modernity was creeping up on every, everybody and everything, which is especially, you know, an attack on Cumberbatch, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character. So I really wow. liked that about it. Yeah. And also, um, hit, his love for the his friend who dies, Bronco Henry. The, Bronco Henry sounds like the fakest fucking name I've ever heard. I know, right? Like, like you're like your friend Bronco Henry. Character. You keep talking about that. That guy's not real, right? There's no person named <laughs> Bronco Henry. And oh yeah, Bronco Henry is gr- the greatest yeah. horse rider. <laughs> yeah, Bronco Henry. Yeah, I, it's really fun to watch benedict when he is doing a performance where he's like in like oscar performance mode and he's Mm -hmm. just got this like gravitas to his like 
speeches and everything where you're just like, this guy is you want to listen. Yeah. Yeah. He's the new Daniel Day Lewis. I I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He really brings it. Not Cody Smith. McPhee is the new DDL. (laughs) Cody put Cody Smith McPhee in a room with the kid from Dune, Timothy Chalamet. Oh yeah. And Tom Holland. And a whole bunch of baby oil. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, this, uh, I kind of want a scene in the next Spider-Man movie between Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch where Tom Holland is uh, holding the cigarette for (laughs) for Doctor Strange. While he's, like, trying to cast a spell. Yeah. (laughs) That would be perfect. But yeah, it was probably out of that list the movie that I personally would have voted for being best picture. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh but at the same time I still I haven't seen Coda or Belfast. I think I've seen every other best picture nominee yeah. except for those two. Yeah, and I know that I put like Coda on my list for last year for um like my in my top 10, I think. Yeah, but I didn't realize that that was gonna win Best Picture, so now I really regret doing it. And it's all my <laughs> fault that it did. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, uh, you, and this is—it's time to, for people know that you're on the Academy. You are a voting <laughs> member of the guys. Academy. I I swayed the vote in favor of Coda with that with that podcast. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that movie. The thing with that movie is, I think I gave it a four out of five, but it's like a it's like a solid four out of five movie that isn't surprising in any way, but it's still very heartfelt. Yeah. Still like, good. Just so, as solid. I'm sure it's as solid as yeah. everybody says. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. But the other movie I watched for the Oscars, which I think should have won is drive my car. But I know that it's already won for best foreign film. And mm. uh, you, you only get so many foreign films that end up winning best picture. <laughs> Parasite. You only get one, and it's Parasite. Yeah, the uh, best so movie ever made. I knew made. that that wasn't going to uh, really be the same, you know, the same status. But, uh, yeah, so Drive My Car, I loved it. I know you've already seen it, but we talked about mm. it. I think you talked about it, like, a couple months ago, actually, right? Yeah, it was, like, a month or two ago, maybe. Yeah, I just – I think the thing about this movie that I like is – it has a very unique story to tell about what love means and how like you can be angry at the people that you love, but still love them no matter what. Mm. It's just, it's a, it's a very unique story that without getting into it, will it'll truly spoil things, but it's very different, I think. And that's what made it interesting to me. As opposed to something like Coda, where you're like, you can you see what it's about, and then you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this movie, and... it feels more like something that people that haven't been in a long term relationship could not ever like wrap their heads around, and a story like this kind of gives them a glimpse into like what it means you know yeah and the the messiness of love you know yeah. even when you love someone so much you you don't know all of them yeah you don't know yeah. everything and that's scary but it's natural yeah it's a really like 
insane movie as far as yeah like where is this movie gonna go yeah because instead of going where it's necessarily like narratively exciting it just goes deeper into the introspection the introspection and the sorrow and grief and and yeah yeah really surprised me with how interested i ended up being with it because i think like halfway through it i was like where the hell is this going and do do i actually care about this Mm. and then by the end i was like oh wow this is actually really fascinating yeah yeah because it has uh it's not too much of a spoiler i think to say it has a notably like the the title card comes in like 40 minutes or an hour into the movie uh-huh <laughs> yeah so oh. and that's very truly like when the movie starts you know mm-hmm. like that's the a big break an act break in it but it comes really late in it yeah so there also, is a bit of like what is the story it it is like the longest movie i probably have ever seen that's or one of them because it's like online it'll say it's 259 but like I know that when the credits hit, I looked at the time and it was like two hours and fifty six minutes or something like that. So it was like not a, a long gr- bunch of uh, credits at the end. It was yeah. like no, this movie goes to the end. Yeah, not like Turning Red, which is an hour and forty seven minutes, but it's an hour and twenty five minute movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's you know Batman. The Batman is just as long or longer, I think. 245 or, you know, i think 245 for that yeah yeah but, this one you know, was i was like 256 wow that's crazy that the credits are starting that late yeah okay so yeah batman might be around the same time but of actual movie it's longer but it's also just like such a slower movie that it is it does feel like a longer three hours like yeah, it's just naturally going to versus a movie that has you know 15 sequences that are exciting although there's a lot of driving in this movie obviously because it's called drive my car but none of the scenes feel like they're driving as long as in the end of the batman when they're driving on those fucking motorcycles for an extra like 10 minutes (laughs) this needs to stop guys yeah like what are you gonna play it's been a long day (laughs) without you my friend (laughs) uh yeah drive my car rules go check it out and uh, yeah, just set aside three hours of your day to to really focus in on that one is my suggestion. Uh, we should s- s- get into our review. Actually, I'm gonna save my discussion of everything, everywhere, all at once for oh, after yeah. you see it. Okay, yeah, because I'm definitely gonna see it next week. So yeah, let's um, talk about it then. I might even see it again. Spoiler for my feelings. Damn. Nice. My feelers. Yeah, I just want to go over real quick since we'll just we'll get to the movie. I did watch the other two seasons one and two, which you had oh, cool. watched and told me to watch, and uh, I definitely liked it a lot. It really reminded me of like Shit's Creek a little bit. Oh yeah, it yeah like despicable right? characters who you start to grow to love. Yeah, and, and, and they have like a family where like part of them is really wealthy and the other ones are just trying to like be their own people and figure mm. it out. 
but yeah, that show really funny. Stoked for a third season. Um, I also watched the first three episodes of Atlanta season three, which were excellent. Just like the first two seasons, really sad that it took them that long to be able to come back and make another season, but I'm so glad that it's here. Um, but yeah, there's three episodes of that out already. That was great. And then I also watched this other show on Hulu called welcome to flatch. It was like seven episodes out. Yeah. It's like a, a documentary style show, like, um, the office or parks and rec but it's about the small town, but it's like if the office or parks and rec was about, um, shoot that Napoleon dynamite, basically like, okay. Like the, the two main kids of this town are like these characters, very similar to our, an awkward, like Napoleon dynamite. And then there's like two main adults, which is Aya cash and Sean Williams Scott. Uh, but if you like the office, or Parks and Rec shows like that, you should check this show out. It's pretty funny. It's also, it feels weird because you're like, why do these random people in town keep running into the same people? But it's only a town of like 1,500 people and everyone knows each other. So it's like, okay, it's really a genuinely small town. That's why. Uh, But yeah, that was funny. Uh, Flying through this real quick. I also watched Halo. Oh shit. Episodes one and two. Don't bother watching it. Uh, oh no, no. It's 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 like uh if you like generic sci-fi TV shows, then you can watch it. But if you're like into Halo, it's really not you're not gonna watch it being like, oh my god, this is so Halo. Um and it's funny when you see Mandalorian now, there's like, you know, he can't take his helmet off. And if he does, it's like for a very specific reason. We've gotten, you know six halo games and he's never taken his helmet off or shown his face really yeah but in the first episode he takes his helmet off and then like in the second he has it off for like most of the episode yeah i've heard that and i don't know much about the actor who plays him but he just Uh doesn't from pictures he doesn't look like master chief like (laughs) who i think what you would think yeah like i you know the thing is like that dude is pretty built, so like I feel like it's believable that he could be like a Spartan or whatever. But what's interesting is when you see them without the helmet on, but the rest of the suit, it really feels bulky. And you're like, how could you like really be in doing military style operations with this like bulky suit that you like can't look mm-hmm. down at your like let your feet easily with, you know? Yeah, they should have talked to the guys who did the Moon Knight suit. Yeah, oh yeah, and they could just done it all CG. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, that it's very okay. And then I did watch Belfast and Licorice Pizza, which I also thought were just okay. Um, yeah, Belfast won some uh, some good awards. Yeah, they're. Uh, I I definitely like Belfast better than Licorice Pizza, um, but I just wanted to talk about Licorice Pizza real quick because. I didn't hear anyone talk about it other than like, there's like a bit where there's this character that does like a racist impression mm-hmm. that in the movie, I I was just like, okay, yeah, this character is racist, but I guess they don't really go into it. And that's what people are mad about. I really don't care about that. What I do care about is in the very opening scene of the movie, the two characters meet each other in line for a high school to take high school photos. And uh, Alana Heim is the girl. She has a comb and a uh, 
mirror and she's going around asking who needs a comb and a mirror for pictures. And then you got um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman. He's like, mm. I need it. And he's like, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. This is fate. Like we are in love. Like this is love. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, we're we're destined to be together. And then she's like, how old are you? And he says he's 15 and asks how old she is. She's 25. Uh, So there's a little bit of an age difference here. And I don't really understand why people weren't talking about it. But when you hear this, the, the only logical thing you can think is by the end of it, maybe it's like, couple years later throughout the movie years later years later Mm. and then by the end he's over 18 they somehow get together okay that's not the case um halfway through the movie she reiterates that she's 25 but she also uh a character asks how old she is she says i'm 28 i mean 25 (laughs) so it's also confusing because is she lying that and she's actually older i don't know but that I was very confused about that. And then um, there's even more stuff, but I don't want to ruin how the movie ends, but yeah, it's, they're not, she's not older by the end of it. And it's, uh, that's just, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Everything yeah, else though is pretty interesting. Um, but, but that part was just kind of baffling to me. Yeah. I, I do want to check it out. It's on my watch list. I need to just to, to figure out this Oscar mess because like, yeah, the joke wasn't a great joke, but he shouldn't have got hit for it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, and people just, they don't care about older women, younger man. They only yeah. care about older man, younger women. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, it's like, it's, just it. it's the me- part of the message that is weird is that it's telling, you know, she's immediately like, this isn't happening. And there's, it's not like the movie goes throughout it and she's like almost kissing him. And then she's like, I can't, it's not like that. But what it is, I feel like saying is if you're a guy and you try to approach a woman and they say, no, you just continually ask them over and over again until eventually (laughs) they say yes. And that's another part that seems fucked up to me, but yeah. I think that from what I've heard, but I need to watch it. The movie's kind of point is that the seventies sucked. And it wasn't that cool and chill. Yeah. Uh, so I, if I watch it, I'll probably watch it with that lens. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think that might be the only way. <laughs> but uh, okay, very good. And we'll talk yeah. more in depth more about those in a later episode. Our Oscars episode. Just give us a couple more weeks to collect our thoughts. And uh, we're still reeling a little bit from... The terrible tragedy, of course, talking about Encanto winning an award. Uh, let's talk about Morbius, our feature review. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. All right. So this, it did pretty well this weekend. I think it made over $80 million. Yeah, Sony, welcome, Jared. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a, we've been hyped. We've been hyping you, buddy. <laughs> I brought all my friends to see this. How upsetting is it that Sony's Spider-Man spinoff movies 
just continuously win at the box office. <laughs> They're just falling and up straight up. It's it's crazy, and I'm a part of it. Obviously, I, I uh-huh. were rushed to see this Venom. And you know, actually, the, the first Venom I never saw until it was on streaming. Oh, okay. But the second one, obviously, we were doing the show, so I had to see it. Yeah, uh, they against just... my will. I had my eyes taped open <laughs> and everything. I could A clockwork black sledge. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's Morbius. So Chris, what did you think of Morbius? Um, I feel like an AI wrote this movie, and they didn't even try. Like they, they're like, should we? go over the the script and see what's good and what's not and they're like jared said he's got this and he rewrote it for (laughs) us and then like they're like okay this is good um it's really it just i don't understand how it exists but i i guess it helps knowing that venom one and two exist and it kind of makes it more in line with how those movies are but Mm. more so the fact is like everyone loves venom so that's why I feel like Venom is falling up because so many people are fans of him that they'll see it regardless of it sucking. But no fucking person I've ever <laughs> known is a fan of Morbius. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I will understand. say he is a villain that I know more about or like am more aware of than a lot of others because of the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon show. Uh-huh. He was like, right. I had some really good arcs on there, and he yeah. sucked plasma through the suction cups <laughs> on his palms. Uh-huh. So that's cool. Uh, so I think he, I think he's more in the zeitgeist than we think because of that. Uh-huh. But other than that, no, he, you're right. He's like nobody really cares or <laughs> gives a shit. They just might <laughs> yeah. know him. Like, what are they going to do? Like a movie about like the fucking chameleon from the original Spider-Man cartoons or something? Like, I don't know who the fuck cares about this shit. Besides, like you and I watch those cartoons and then we see Morbius and we go right from the cartoon. But like majority of my friends are all people who have seen the cartoon as a child. But then we're still like, who is this guy, though? Uh. (laughs) You know, like. I I don't know. Um, really baffling, but I guess you know vampires were in ten years ago, so people love vampires. You know, it is one yeah. of those things that, like, hey, let's see that new vampire movie. You know, the truly ignorant, and I don't mean that really as a pejorative, but the ignorant to all this MCU stuff and whatnot. Their friend says, "Hey, let's go see that vampire movie." Oh yeah, vampires are cool. Yeah, I guess it's like a Spider-Man movie. Oh shit, it's a Spider-Man movie, <laughs> and it's a vampire. Movie. Cool. And then they go watch Morbius. Uh huh. You know, they're they don't they're not going through the several levels of thought where we're going. Oh shit, it's an, in an association with MCU films <laughs> movie, and we know yeah. that Sony owns the like we we're, we're thinking about all that. I think most people they were just like, oh fuck. New Marvel movie, Vampire. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. And and you know what the funniest thing is that is so true because the friends I went to see it with, 
I kept having to explain to them what the difference is between the MCU and Sony's like Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Because like, they're like, oh, they're letting so them use it. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, they're like, wait, but that's uh vulture from the MCU. So this is the MCU. And you're like, fuck, it's not guys. You don't understand. And you'll yeah. Never understand. You don't get it. And it's not even your fault. Cause it's a yeah. lot of like stupid business shit that exactly. Fuck this whole thing and, up. And what's hilarious to me is it's, it's so funny that it's falling up because it's just Sony like backdooring into the MCU with this like cheap, like wish.com ripoff where they're like, mm-hmm. our character is in the MCU. So everything we do and put that character in our stuff, everyone will think is the MCU. And they've just been doing these like, and it's winning. Movies, yeah. And everyone's loving it. Yeah, We see what they're doing, you know, just by, you know, so much of the Marvel pushing of it and it's working. So what do you do yeah. to these guys? Next it's up, like, they have like Craven, I think Craven, the Hunter movie. Oh so, God. you know, Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be him. And that's, what's worry worrisome. And I mean, it's, so this movie could have been cool. Like, Oh, a vampire villain. That's, you know, somewhat related to Spider-Man that, yeah. We know Spider-Man's not going to be in the movie, but whatever. That could be cool. Look at Joker, like, on the DC side of things. Like, oh, uh-huh. Joker. Like, that. this really cool movie about a character from the DC universe. Yeah. And so this has the opportunity to just be like, dude, what about a fucking Marvel vampire movie? But no, the fact that that you know they're doing a Craven movie and these others to try to make a Sinister Six, they're oh. trying to be low rent Marvel, yeah, or MCU films, and that's what sucks because it's like, dude, it's just we know how this is gonna work. <laughs> You're gonna make a billion dollars off of a bunch of shitty movies, <laughs> yeah. and we know it. When, when I gotta is it gonna stop? We bit. we gotta stop. We gotta keep people from seeing the next movie. We gotta not watch it. I That's think now stop, right? I'm that I I do have to say I'm drawing a line in the sand with what movies I see now, uh-huh. and Morbius would not have counted because I actually was gleeful about how <laughs> terrible Morbius could be. I was really interested right. to seeing it versus yeah. like uh, what's something we've seen recently that uh, was just like a, a major movie that you know you watch we watch it and we're like okay that was cool. Uh, oh, oh, Uncharted is a great example. Like, oh, right. Uncharted, I only went to see because, you know, it's the big blockbuster yeah. of the moment. And that's not a good enough reason. So right. Morbius, you know, is. Yeah, I would have you know, seen it anyway, but very similarly, you know what it is, too, is that like Uncharted, if it was digital on day of release, I would have liked it even more. Right. The fact that I have to go to a theater to fucking watch it is like, I mean, not that I would think it's a better movie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I could could pay attention to something else when I'm fucking bored out of my mind. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So my thoughts on this movie. I don't think it's as bad as everybody's saying. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm also not so sure of my conviction in, in that. Well, the... I, I agree because I, I just don't think it's special or good in any way. That's that's what I think is bad about it is that 
Yeah. It's just this like shit out movie. Yeah. (laughs) There's parts of it that I kind of liked. Uh-huh. I actually thought the the Morbius arc was interesting. It wasn't done the best way, but it was pretty interesting. Uh, but I think the worst parts of it that make it genuinely bad are just it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense for a very obvious reason. Uh-huh. And that obvious reason being... They had no idea how they were connecting to the MCU, but they were trying (laughs) and Uh scenes definitely got cut. Yeah. Tone got cut. So this movie, why it's bad can really be summed up in this one thing in the trailer. He apprehends a villain and he says, the person's like, who are you, man? And he says, I am Venom. Just kidding, I'm your friendly Dr. Michael Morbius. And it's, you know, you could say what you will about that joke, but it's fun. We know Venom is, you know, they're trying to connect Venom. In the movie, he just, the guy says, who are you? And he says, I am Venom. (laughs) And then that's it. Then it cuts to the next scene and doesn't Uh play it as a joke. So are we to believe that the Morbius character wasn't making a joke? He just said he's Venom (laughs) or like the character at the very least should acknowledge that it's a joke. It makes no sense to keep that line without the joke part. Yeah. Like the only thing I can make sense is he's like, he's like, I don't want the cops coming after me thinking I'm Morbius. So if I say I'm Venom, maybe they won't care. Right. Which also doesn't make sense. It's just dumb. Yeah, that's just dumb because we one, we have not established Venom in this movie (laughs) whatsoever. Yeah. I I think actually they do. The movie does establish it perhaps Uh, uh, with Tyrese and the other guy. They're like, oh, shit, this is weirder than San Francisco. Yeah, which is obviously Venom. But for that to be the only real connecting tissue to it. Yeah. Oh my god, I couldn't believe that. And there's all <laughs> the the intro scene is from the trailers where he is on like the the Amazon or something and at a bat cave. Uh-huh. And puts his hand up and bats come attack everybody. And the trailers it's played for laughs. There's like, "Hey, do you need a doctor? I am a doctor." And it's like <laughs> just feels like a laugh moment and like uh-huh all that and there's even the moment where he's like if you you know i think it's you better run now if you're gonna run and then the bats come all of that is sucked out of that intro scene and it feels like it's nothing and does not belong in the movie Uh uh-huh yeah it did not definitely did not need to be there that were you confused about that like why it was why that why and when that even happened Cause doesn't it, it like, is that scene, then it says like six weeks earlier or something. Like, uh, I forget what the, the, the Chiron the, there is. Oh, really? It says something else about time. I didn't even realize. I didn't know. Yeah. As it, so you're like, oh shit, how does he get to that moment uh-huh. where he's at that? Like, what are we going to learn? Oh, and then, and you then do- it's like just when he's getting his award or whatever. 
Is that what the j- jump backwards in time is? I think it was that, yeah. So then you're you're supposed to, okay, now I put together that after the award, he did that, and then uh, that's how he got the bats that they show. We don't even need to see how he got the bats in his the, lab. The, they make such a point to bring out, to bring up the bats for almost no reason. It's so bizarre that like his assistant or his uh, partner is like, what's, what's up with all these fucking bats? And he's like, what are you talking about? And then she like shows him the bats and it's like this big secret. But then, like, moments later, their other person that they work with comes out saying they need help. And the bats are just flying around right in front of her face. (laughs) And then, like, later on, it shows, like, they're just in a hallway to some hospital. And there's he never, like, hides the bats anymore. So it's like, why the fuck is it a secret when it's clearly not a secret? I don't understand. Yeah. And you know what? I'll let that stuff slide. Yeah, Yeah. I get your point. But I'll let it slide. Uh Uh-huh. But the movie is just uh, not interesting at any point. Right. So it's like the only thing to really talk about is the fact that the assistant sees bats. That's the problem yeah. with it. Yeah. Like uh, the scene on the uh, the freighter when he's uh, gone fully Morbius and then the guys when he, are when he sucks off him. the eight guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sucks them dry. Yeah. That scene, I think. I was watching that and just being like, wow, this could, I, I wonder what this director could actually do or Dude. another director could do to direct this scene. Cause uh, this sucks. Well, because, okay. That's another thing actually with this movie. That's a big thing is like you were saying the trailer, it's as if they filmed the trailer and then they filled in the rest of the movie with the most mundane explanations for every shot in the trailer. Cause you see the trailer, you see them on this boat and you're like, Oh, he's killing a bunch of guys. I wonder like, are those guys bad or something? And then you find out in the movie, like, no, they're just regular guys that they hired to protect them. And then he murders them all, even though they're probably they, just like normal dudes. Yeah. In the movie, like, the not whole even time, truly bad. The, several times that they make a point of some character being like, oh, well, they're just mercenary. We don't care about the <laughs> yeah. fact that you killed yeah. those guys. He's like, they could have been anyone. So who cares, honestly? And you're like, dude, those guys are probably like ex-military. They can't get a job and they have to do shit like this. <laughs> and and they just get fucking murdered. And, and no one family cares. wonders where they are and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> they actively are like, no, that was fine, Morbius. But... <laughs> why'd you kill the one woman <laughs> yeah like yeah. in that scene of him killing him i mean what are you trying to to do like that it's just not imaginative in any way it's not exciting and uh-huh. that's where i i was really getting the feeling oh this could be like when you do horror elements yeah to the movie and make You're this right. scary because yeah. you're not, you're sort of trying that. Like, it's not a, this is a fucking vampire stalking guys in tight quarter spaces. How uh. do you fuck that up to where you're shooting <laughs> it just as blandly as possible? Uh. And that the whole movie is that there's no yeah. like point of view of uh, style that it's going after. And it's uh. really upsetting to see. Yeah. And also like, it's so interesting. He kills those eight dudes and sucks them all off. 
And you'd think, like, he doesn't, like, does he get to stay in Vampire or without being, like, extra hungry for longer? Because he, they said he sucked them all dry. Eight guys. When he gets hungry for six hours, he just grabs a little bag and drinks it. It's like, there must have been so much fucking blood. How was he still hungry? And he somehow went through eight dudes. He's like, I could have a single drop or a gallon and (laughs) I'll still be hungry again. Dude, then why are you drinking so much? (laughs) Just have a drop. I'm curious if that is what he needed in order to, to swim from international waters back shore. Yeah. To fucking America was he needed to drink eight dudes. Yeah. And like even that timer situation could be a really cool uh, tension device uh-huh. in a movie. And it's never really used as a tension device at all. Yeah. You know, like that, that's scary. You could do a lot with like him being somewhere in his clock running out uh, where he shouldn't be. Yeah, I I just it, it reminded me a lot of this movie um gosh, it's a Cronenberg movie about two twin gynecologists that I watched a couple months <laughs> back. Okay. And it reminded me a lot of it because a, they're sci- they're gynecologists and scientists and stuff and they're receiving an award and at an award thing just like Michael Morbius does in this movie okay. and then talk shit during it and then they are like pushing you know oh they don't believe believe in us we're gonna push our our uh, stuff further our science further so i was getting such vibes of that movie and just sad that like oh if cronenberg would have directed morbius how cool of a movie could this actually be like this would be joker yeah right yeah because this movie is what if the Joker was Batman? <laughs> That's actually Very what true. this movie is. Yeah. So. <laughs> we live in a society with a reach around. I forget whatever his Joker reach around joke is. Do you remember that? No I one does. I don't. He makes a reach around joke to Batman in the, the deleted scene. Oh, uh, really? Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. If I wasn't around, who would give you a reach around? Something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to eat your uh, cum, Batman. You're like this. This is the, your Joker. He's like, I sent, I sent my cast members condoms, and also I gave Batman a reach around. He's not in this movie. Who did you? Then who did I fuck? Uh, who did I reach around? <laughs> oh gosh, Morbius. Uh, a good part. Part of the movie is uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the bad guy, uh, Matt Smith. Oh, Matt yeah. Smith is actually, you know, trying, getting to this. be the fun character and ham it up as like a psycho villain. Yeah, it's like yeah. all right, he he's at least fun to watch. He's bringing some character to this this movie. Um, yeah, the rest of the cast. I thought it was so funny. The the doctor. Uh, played by Jared Harris, their their like yeah. father figure. Uh, he gets like mauled by Matt Smith's character, and Matt Smith's like, "You never loved me," and the only person that actually did love him, he like lashes out and kills for no reason. 
to show that he's so truly evil. But the funniest part is that like he he gets like knocked unconscious, wakes up, and the first thing he does is call Michael Morbius instead of just nine one one. Like just call nine one one, dude. What the fuck I am a do? doctor. <laughs> he's like Michael can help me. He can save me. Um, and we should also talk about Tyrese. Right. Yes. So Tyrese thinks he's in a that he was in a different movie than what came out. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Agent Simon Stroud, the character he plays, is a pretty prominent character in the Marvel Universe or not. I, I, he's like a very small character, but has some important info about him. But in some interviews last year, he was or actually in 2020. He was talking about how his character a title was saying referring to his character as a villain. And then he was getting saying that he was actually doing some superhero type shit. That's I think a direct quote of his mm. uh, with uh, this like robotic arm that he had apparently. And there's even pictures of him from the movie set with this crazy, like robotic part arm. Mm. It looks uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah. it looks like shit. And there's no, single second in this movie where you would ever think he has a robot arm or that he is some sort of villain or that he is anything other than a clueless fucking FBI agent. Yeah. Like they must've cut 40 minutes of his scenes. Yeah. It's so crazy that to see pictures of him with the robotic arm and then (laughs) having watched the movie, you're like, no, that's that can't be from this movie. Yeah, it it seems like it's fake. Like it's all fake. And um, that's how these movies work, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like they're just throwing shit at the wall and then whatever's <laughs> still there when the movie comes out, that's what we get. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely insane, and I would love to know what he thinks of the final cut. And and like we were saying, we need to see the Tyrese cut of this movie. We it really do because he's a true version. He's so doesn't need to be in it. Uh-huh. Like just there's not and a I lot think going he's on like, there. His contract for this movie was like he gets to be in six movies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. you know, Simon Stroud is coming back. Okay. I hope uh, so. Yeah, it's it's just there's not a lot there that the movie's showing us at the very least that yeah. he's given. I love how um you know, Spider-Man gets bit by a radioactive spider. But all Morbius has to do is inject himself with bat DNA and he has superhuman abilities that f- are far surpassed what a bat could actually do. Yeah, like magical abilities. Yeah, it's like, and it's there's no radioactive bullshit involved. It's just straight up mix my, put my my DNA with some bass DNA, take it up and inject it. And, yeah, it's, don't and try it works in other home. people too. Exactly the same. Um, that was really funny. Also, uh, when he's a child, and he saves Milo. Mm-hmm. I thought that shit was so hilarious. Like the fact that he's speaking as if he was like the same person as his adult self. How yeah. he was talking to Milo, he was already like this like genius old man. 
Yeah, he yeah. he was, and it's that whole thing is just uh, it was a red flag immediately <laughs> though when it goes back in time to that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh no, <laughs> uh, but it does end up working out. I did like that relationship that you know. Well, what I, I don't Milo. really understand is like I understand why he calls him Milo. But then when Milo's going to die and he saves him, he does call him his real name, Lucius. Yeah. And and from then on, you're like, oh, he's not going to call him Milo because he actually cares about him. But then the rest of the movie, he still calls him Milo. And I I don't understand. It feels disrespectful as his <laughs> close friend to be like, you're still alive, but you're just like all the other ones. It's kind of it, and it amounts to nothing, too. Yeah, there. That's never played like in their relationship at yeah. all. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's I actually I wish it would have bombed, and I know I'm a part of it not bombing. Uh-huh. But I think it's important for it to bomb. Um, but you know, Sony's been doing weird fucking they've just been uh fantastic four and amazing spider-man is whatever (laughs) yeah you know at least with amazing uh, amazing spider-man at least has chemistry with andrew garfield and emma stone like at least it has that going for it Mm. but like with this movie there is nothing Oh, yeah, the chemistry between Martine and Morbius, no. (laughs) Like, there's nothing there. Um, Yeah, okay, and then the last thing we could talk about, too, is just the post-credits scene. More more about it? Yeah, so doesn't make any sense, right? Fucking, the vulture, like, gets transported through multiverse travel. And we saw with Spider-Man that Venom traveled to Spider-Man's universe, learns about Spider-Man, also explains that he, it also explained in his movie that he knows who Spider-Man is because the symbiotes can talk to each other like through realities. So they, they have like a shared knowledge. So they're basically saying like, Spider-Man doesn't exist here, but I know of him because of the realities thing. And then he goes to Spider-Man's reality in the Spider-Man movie. And then at the end, he gets teleported back. But somehow Vulture gets teleported to Venom's world where there is no Spider-Man. And he immediately goes, oh, I'm in this fucking new world. Like a new reality. And stays there somehow. He doesn't get pulled back to his own reality. He just gets to stay there. And it's it's just funny that he gets out and somehow has the resources to build a new vulture suit. Even the though there's no Chitari. He was using Chitari technology. Yeah. There's no Chitari in this fucking universe. What did he fucking use to build it? How did he have money or resources when he's not a person that exists in this fucking world? yeah it's so messy yeah then he meets with morbius and says this has to do with spider-man we should make a team 
to like get him and you're like his motivations in spider-man was he wanted to take care of his family his family's no longer in this universe shouldn't his number one motivation be to get back home to his family because that's all he cared about it wasn't that he hated spider-man spider-man was just trying to expose him and that's why he fought him yeah he doesn't have a like does he have, like he i'm sure grudge, he doesn't like him but like yeah it, it didn't go over his base desires which were to protect his family and also like working man like help it, the working man like uh-huh. he d- has noble intentions too yeah yeah he's one of those cool villains that is trying sympathetic in yeah. a way you could see his perspective and you'd be like ah oh, he just wants he he's been genuinely wronged and wants to get some payback yeah, so but then yeah, this and, movie just would totally reverse that if that's the case. Yeah. It makes him and, not And the fact that Morbius isn't also also isn't a bad guy, doesn't want to kill people, wants to prevent himself from killing people so so far as to kill himself if he can't fix it. And he is immediately somehow immediately knows who Spider-Man is. Or maybe he doesn't and know who like, Spider-Man is. He, but it's like, like I'm down you want to do get this, this guy intriguing he says intriguing like he he's not just gonna be like who's spider-man i don't yeah truly baffling really unnecessary and just indicative of these teams not talking and Uh, well also they don't care there's interviews right We, we we read some interviews there's like interviews with the director and there's also a lot of talk online about how there was a different ending that got put out with test screenings and a lot of people hated it. So they reshot it. And that's why this scene at the end seems so full of shit and like green screened. Like these people aren't there is because they, they fixed it to match more in line with whatever it was that uh, the Spider-Man movie ended with. But mm. what these scenes play out is as if they didn't know what happened in those yeah. movies and they just guessed and made this ending. So it's really con- extra confusing because they're like, oh, no, we fixed it. And you're like, how does this fix anything? It just makes things worse. Yeah, like Vulture being in this movie makes it a, a much worse movie. <laughs> yeah, they could have just not had it and it would have been fine. Yeah, it does. It, do- like, it doesn't add anything to the actual story. Yeah. You know, it's not as if oh, at one point, you know, he helps Morbius break out of prison or something like. Yeah. No, it's yeah. like just at the end. Oh, remember what happened in those other movies, Venom and in uh, Spider-Man? Well, it's <laughs> happening in this cutscene right now, and uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. You don't need to do it. Yeah, I think uh, nobody will learn anything from. <laughs> Yeah. this because it's they just see uh, dollar signs money. and they're like we did it guys we made another hit yeah i think for them to it's like okay if that didn't make sense well it's cool or we'll, we're gonna make an another movie and it's just they don't care about that because it made money yeah. they'd maybe pin it on that if it didn't make money but yeah, yeah. i uh it was i definitely kind of like zoned out many times during the movie and it's 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 not it's not great and it's the most interesting thing about it is how uniquely bad it is with the yeah. things like the vulture and with the the trailer moments being so different from the movie yeah 
Really bizarre. But uh, any final thoughts about Morbius? Uh, <laughs> no. Intriguing. I guess I felt overall intriguing. the movie was intriguing. Yeah, this is the fake I, you know, blood of movies. That's, we were hoping that we would just get a great Jared Leto performance, right? Yeah. And, and it did no. not live up to the little things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This is not a great. I think he does fine. Yeah. But it wasn't like his most memorable or like truly even when he's the Joker, he's more interesting. Yeah. There's not a lot to this Morbius character. Yeah. Uh, So fuck you, Morbius. (laughs) Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about um, whatchamacallit's Sonic Sonic 2. That comes out next week. Oh, yeah, that does come out. So that and then um, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, for sure. Probably talk about both those. And Sonic, Sonic's one that's like a big franchise movie that I'm actually like, no, I'm excited to see this. Yeah. (laughs) So so I've seen like people early buzz. People actually are like liking it a lot. So I'm just hoping it ends up being way more interesting than the first one. The first one isn't great. It's fine. It's like pretty fun for what it is but yeah it's it's far from excellent like i think i still stand by detective pikachu i think detective pikachu is a solid movie yeah and i don't think that's necessarily the case for sonic one but it was definitely fun enough for me to care about a sonic 2 that's the type of movie where i actually think it benefits from a sequel like a sequel helps it because we had right. to get through a lot of stupid shit in the first one that I don't even think we needed. Yeah, yeah. Like now, now it looks like Doctor Robotnik will be his true self. Yeah. Even though he seemed like his true self in the first one, but it was just the look and like yeah. craziness a little bit. But yeah. Also, uh, Ambulance comes out next week too. Oh, Ambula. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's actually it seems to be reviewed pretty well. Oh yeah, right. It, I think they're saying it's like his Michael Bay's top reviewed movie <laughs> at like a seventy two percent or something like that, that. That's enough to get my interest. <laughs> I mean, it has Jake Gyllenhaal, and I feel like he is like one of the best actors right now. I think the problem with that movie I had was like the trailer shows so much of what the movie is and you're like they rob a bank fuck them <laughs> if they get caught fuck who cares yeah it don't show enough of like why i should care if they get caught yeah i i think it's definitely a certain genre specific genre of movie that you either like or you don't too like yeah the, a michael bay movie you mean <laughs> and most people don't <laughs> jake jelaniel all right, so a lot to look forward to in the future. Find me at Joe Cabello on Twitter. Share the podcast if you like it. Send us emails, you know, tell us what you like, all that stuff. Give us a review. Chris, where can people find you? I am uh, at Rebirth Project on Twitter. All right, cool. We'll see you next week. Bye.